So hi everybody for um, thanks for watching and uh, people are starting to uh, to join the the live video. Uh, thank you for joining a weekly episode of Music Industry Talks hosted by Syncopated Noise. Our webinars are free, are sponsored by themusicbusinessschool.com. And if you're watching, please uh, hit the share button so more people uh, see it. Today, I'm here with Arthur, uh, who's been actively working in the music industry for over 10 years. Hi, Arthur. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you for, uh, for joining us today. No problem. My pleasure. Arthur, tell us, uh, you've been working in the industry for, um, for quite a few years. Tell me about um, you know, your story, how you got started as a, as a musician, and how you kind of moved on to working in the music business. I think it's a common story. You start off as a musician, mm -hmm. and you eventually make a shift to the other side of things. So yeah. uh, probably almost 10, 12 years ago, I was playing in bands and you know, um, local Montreal labels like Indica Records, uh, mm -hmm. their artists were pretty active and I was the leader in whatever project I was and we would set up concerts so that we could play with bands that were bigger than us and mm -hmm. you start learning the ins and outs about negotiating with venues and how to promote events, how to get people out, how to build fan bases. Mm -hmm. I'd have an online presence, which was MySpace at the time. And then over the years, uh, when I was in university, um, I started putting on events that had nothing to do with projects that I was in. Mm -hmm. And then things um, took off from there and I ended up just really doing that for a living ever since. So that was that was that was the ground up. So I think that um, you know, um, when I have conversations with musicians uh, that have been in the scene a while or not been in the scene a while, I mean, um, I think I understand uh, the challenges and where uh, they're coming from. And you know? I was in those posi that, that position myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so sure. that's that's how it started off. So and then you know those those events eventually became the company landmark events which mm -hmm. when, when did you create landmark um probably the first event that i had put on as landmark was probably about you know eight nine year nine years mm -hmm. ago uh but i was organizing events before that just as an individual mm -hmm. uh, and then you know those events started in montreal and ended up mm. And then you took them to various cities across Canada, right? And and even outside of Canada, I think, right? Yeah, I've I've done uh, some events in the states, and mm -hmm. I did a few in Mexico City, which was really fucking challenging, but it was cool. It was an experience. It was different. Why was it challenging? Because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I had a partner there. Uh, we worked together. Mm -hmm. We pulled it off. It was okay. Yeah. Awesome. It was cool. And um, so from there, you went into producing, you know, all kinds of uh, different events and working with musicians. And um, so what are, how did you go from there into, you know, like growing your, your, your company and also getting involved into other side of the music business? So there's different kinds of events that I put on. Uh, one of the mm -hmm. events is a showcase festival. I had an idea to book local artists in local markets, have um, those artists perform for industry, the mission statements breaking down the walls between artist and industry. So mm -hmm. if there is a good artist performing at the event, I was bringing out 
A&Rs and senior booking agents and radio trackers, and they can collaborate with them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I've also booked signed acts, which is different, which has different challenges. For Figuring sure. out how you're going to market it, how you're going to put your dollars in the right places, uh, mm -hmm. make sure that it translates to people buying tickets and coming out to the events. And um, being a mid-level promoter, I think, is quite challenging um, mm -hmm. if you're booking signed acts because um, you really need to figure out how to, uh, you know, engage with the audience that they have in those markets and also figure out if they have fan bases in those mm -hmm. markets. Trying, trying to figure out, you know, how popular that artist is because a lot of the time booking agents want to get as much money as they can. If you're paying $6,000 for an artist, you know, you need X amount of people to come at X amount per ticket. You have to figure that out and how much you're mm -hmm. going to spend on marketing and how you're going to do it. And every event is like opening a new business and you hope that it's going to yeah. work. Uh, if you're in a, a particular of, yeah. space, you know, like for example, a niche, if you're somebody that, you know, runs metal concerts primarily or hip-hop concerts you you tend to have a a community that that might consistently come out but that mm -hmm. that i've done less than the showcase events and another event that i do now is a multi-facet gala it features food art and music and to be honest that one's a little bit easier to market because there's more reasons for people to come not only specifically mm -hmm. because they like one you know artist performing at an event um yeah, for sure. There's there's details to that, you know. If anyone has questions about, you know, mm -hmm. specific strategies, I'm, I'm I'm happy to share that. Um, I think you know whoever's tuning in, there's specific things they want to know. Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to talk about if you it. Guys have any questions? Go ahead and post them in the comments, and we'll be answering them. And as you mentioned earlier, planning a show it's like a business of itself, right? <laughs> Every time you're planning an event. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people that are not necessarily in the industry or musicians that are not on the event side of things don't necessarily understand like how much actual work goes into behind, you know, uh, putting together the show and, and, you know, what are some of the, um, uh, I would say some of the things that you find like you're having to remind people, you know, whenever you're, you know, putting together an event, things that, you know, artists don't necessarily think about, like when you're producing a, a show. Uh, uh, you know, it, <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> if you're setting up a show, for example, I did um, one of my uh, music and art festivals in Ottawa at the Horticulture Building. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's just a fucking box. They don't have anything. I have to rent the equipment. I have to rent the lighting. You have to get a special liability insurance. You have to mm -hmm. apply for a liquor permit, and then you have to get somebody as an alcohol sponsor. You have to book the talent. You know, you have to, you know, uh, have arguments about, you know, set times because everybody wants to play at nine o'clock. You have to, um, you know, I have to, I have to rent the art installation racks. I have to host meetings. I have to make sure that everybody's coordinated and is coming at the right time on the day of the event. You have to have door people that you trust. You have to set up online ticketing. You have to set up streaming. Um, there are many, many things. So what I usually mm -hmm. do is, I have a Google Drive file with all the tasks for the event chronologically. And whatever team is working with me, everybody is liable for specific tasks and they have to be done mm -hmm. on a certain date. So then I can look at that file and then if tasks aren't, tasks aren't done, then I know that either you know we or 
the team or a specific person is falling behind on those tasks. So I guess, mm -hmm. you know, by default, I have to be a project manager and uh, there, ha there, ha there have to be deadlines. The most stressful thing mm -hmm. for me is, um, is waiting on people. You know, if I mm -hmm. have to, um, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe have, have an answer from an alcohol sponsor on a certain date or, you know, uh, try to figure, try to figure out delivery times. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, if, if, you know, if, if I need to, you know, install a stage and I'm not able to do it before because they have an event that day. And then, um, you know, uh, the installation company can't come, uh, can't, can't tear down that night. Things like that have happened. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I have a huge problem because the venue has an event the next day. So I literally have to maybe tear it down myself and with yeah. my staff and leave it outside and work out arrangements. That's where the stress comes in. Yeah, for sure. And in there's theory, everything's like supposed that. to be smooth and easy, but problems it's always never like that, is it? Not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the problem is 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 putting all the pieces together. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a yeah. jigsaw puzzle. You know, so yeah. you have to, you know, you have to, you have to have a certain stress tolerance. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the day of is always fun and it's rewarding and it's cool. Yeah. And people ask you what you do, what do you do? Oh, I'm an event planner and plan events in different cities. Oh, that's so cool. But there's, you know, there's three, four months lead time at least to events. For sure. And that, that process leading up to it is not always so, you know. Yeah, it's not so always fun. pleasant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's definitely has its rewards, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, it has challenges too. Yeah, yeah for sure. And in terms of, um, you know, artists participating to showcases and playing events, obviously, you know, that's a really important part of, you know, uh, promoting their music. Mm -hmm. But um, what is your kind of advice for musicians that are, you know, obviously right now they're not able to, uh, to play shows, but um, your advice for them to keep producing, you know, promoting their music um, and trying to leverage as much as they can the other platforms they have available, which is... Limited and shows is not the only way to monetize your music. It's it's yeah. a big way these days. Uh, mm -hmm. You have radio royalties, you have streaming royalties, you have uh, sponsorships, you have music placement opportunities. Um, the thing is, I find a lot of artists probably, um, you know, from what I see are not either using those other resources or they're not monetizing their other revenue streams properly. And they're just relying on things like, you know, playing shows and selling merch. Yeah, it, but you know, the, the reality is, you know, I'll be honest in, in this meeting is, uh, is um, the most time should be spent, uh, you know, writing and, and trying mm -hmm. to come up with an extremely competitive product. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember when I was young, I was in a band and, you know, when you're, you know, you're young, you start a band and we had, you know, 10 songs written and we were going and playing shows. I mean, nobody should i mean it's okay go play shows but you know you're you're competing with the whole world you know competing for a small piece of the pie if you want to you know yeah. uh be on radio or you want to be you know uh, get on you know the biggest spotify playlists or or you know you know break through the clutter and be the most popular artist in your space mm -hmm. i think it can be looked at as an opportunity to uh one uh really really write some great stuff and really master your craft yeah. you know uh, improve the songwriting improve the 
improve, improve, uh, you know, your production, uh, improve your sound, mm -hmm. really come up with something that's, that's, uh, that has a ton of identity, something that's going to be really competitive. And two, it's an opportunity to develop a strategy so that when you're putting your music out there, you're not only, you know, getting distribution for it, you know, through, uh, you know, whatever it might be, you know, DistroKid or TuneCore or, uh, and then, and then putting it on your Facebook page, you know, yeah, that's not sure. a strategy. There's, yeah. you know, if you look at indie labels or major labels, there's a process when they release, they try to, they always try to figure out a process that's going to work a way to get mm -hmm. their music out there. Um, for some artists, that's a radio for radio for some artists. Um, it's, you know, having budgets for online ads, some artists literally buy uh buy youtube ads and the ad is their video so people just see the video and so that they get traffic mm -hmm. um for some artists and labels it's a combination of print and online publications and spotify playlists and mm -hmm. uh you know uh you know different types of radio whether that's top 40 radio or commercial radio and that combined with an amazing looking facebook page and videos you've that you've created and engagement uh, and maybe, maybe, you know, uh, YouTube covers so that you're starting to get things flowing in from all these different marketing channels mm -hmm. and trying anything and everything, uh, to get viral growth. Uh, you know, but again, in the end of the day, um, you know, uh, it, that won't work unless the product's good because yeah. you need friends telling each other about it. I mean, I think you know, most music spreads because, you know, DJs decide to play it or friends decide to show other friends or people hear like hear a song and they love it and they play it when they're hanging out with other friends and eventually, uh, you know, it grows. So you can have an amazing strategy, mm -hmm. but if it doesn't resonate with people, if you, if you don't know your audience and you don't understand what makes them tick and your song's not really connecting with them, it's not going to work. So, mm -hmm. so keep writing really, really good stuff. And then, mm -hmm. and then put it out there with a, with a strategy behind it. You no. Know? Yeah. And then sometimes you do have the amazing material, but then you're missing the strategy side because maybe the artist, you know, spent all their money on, on to creating this amazing product with the top producer. And then they're left with not much of a budget for, yeah, for marketing. I can't tell you how many bands I've seen drop $12,000 on an album that just becomes yeah. a, a fucking coffee coaster because you know, it's uh, it's just so much about the music, and then it dropped the album. There's nothing behind it. There's no tour. There's no PR. There's no yeah, radio. No one's nothing. hearing about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, uh, it's it's yeah. it's unfortunate. You know, record mm -hmm. two songs and use more money to push that song. Yeah. Have more money as a, as as a budget for that song. Mm -hmm. Music is not music is not like selling. Uh, selling uh, pencils or shoes you know you don't have to have a production line you create the product one time mm -hmm. and that same product can get sold many times that is an advantage with with music if you make money off music placement or radio royalties and things like that so essentially in theory your budget for marketing it or touring should mm -hmm. be more than what you're spending on the song itself yeah um you know and that's I mean, that's, that's how it works with labels. Why shouldn't it work any differently with independent artists? And of course, I mean, you know, of course you do what you can with the budget that you have. Um, mm -hmm. 
but you know going and going and doing the the 12 songs super highly produced album um uh early early on uh in your career instead of maybe doing a you know five song ep as yeah. your first album and really getting awareness first and then you know if you have traction you know then maybe doing a full album and things are changing you know a lot of artists yeah, just put out now, a single at a time yeah, that's it so now artists are releasing more uh like a single uh more than uh full length i haven't seen many release full length for for a while now. yeah yeah that uh definitely uh definitely happens and is a strategy for some people and again you know it depends mm -hmm. on the genre of music and can't generalize you know i can only give my opinion Mm -hmm. There's no yeah. uh, completely right or wrong answers, but um, yeah, you need to figure out you know, as an artist what works for you. So. Mm -hmm. For sure. And a common question I've been get getting lately is, um, you know, like if it's a good time right now to be uh, to be releasing music or to wait until uh, shows resume. Yeah, what release music because because building your brand is not going to happen in a month. It could mm -hmm. take six months. It could take a year. And if things do recover in a year and they're running festivals again, big festivals program way ahead of time. You know, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of tours are programmed and they decide who's going to be on that tour way ahead of time. So if you can figure out a way to build your brand in six months, in six months, there's probably going to be opportunities arising three or four months from then. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing now is to maybe play good shows eight or 10 months from now. And, yeah. um, and, and again, and, it, and it's an opportunity to figure out a way to build an online presence because mm -hmm. to, you know, to, to, to play shows. Well, right now, unless you figure out a way to build a presence and figure out a way to, 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 you know, have fan bases in some, some different markets and try to attract the attention of booking agents and festival promoters and whatnot. Um, that th those are the type of events that you, where you actually get paid. Uh, where you have decent guarantees, uh, mm -hmm. you know, are not going to happen. So figure yeah. out a way to market yourself. You know, there's people you can work with, you know, yeah. that can help you. And there's still a lot that you need to do on your own. And, uh, and then, you know, once that's there, it's, it's a good problem to have because it's not, mm -hmm. uh, it's not an overnight thing. You know, once you have yeah. that awareness, you also want to keep that awareness going. You want to keep releasing stuff. You, you still want to have a ton of engagement on all your online platforms. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's important. Uh, you know, even McDonald's still advertises, even though everybody knows McDonald's. Why? They got to keep people engaged, thinking about mm -hmm. it, going back, being excited about their next burger. Got to keep people excited mm -hmm. about your next song. So it's an ongoing thing. So it's an opportunity, if anything, now to put stuff out there and have more dedicated time to do it and try things you know yeah 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 for sure and uh do you, you <laughs> yeah for sure no it's good advice um and do you have any ideas in terms of like you know strategies what you've seen so far that's been you know kind of caught your attention some what some artists are doing that's uh really working in terms of uh, whether it's you know live streams or you know anything you've seen that's kind of been like oh you know this artist doing a good job you know really uh keeping their audience engaged yeah um i mean once they have an audience I mean, there's 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 two ways there's two things mm -hmm. we're talking about if somebody already has an online presence um 
they keep people engaged with really good content and posting a mm. lot of content yeah and quality content that's clear sounds good looks good and not just their music about every day um you know a good example uh is is uh there's a cello player that i follow her name's tina guo oh she's yeah a she's great a cello player she's but so you know most of her stuff is not her posting about her cello playing it's about her dog and pizza and i don't know her her working out showing her body whatever whatever it takes to keep people engaged mm-hmm. people people not only fall in love with your talent they 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 follow you because they like your personality, personality. they like your what you're what you're talking about so you you need to uh you need to post a lot and have a sincerity mm-hmm. and 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 kind of you know virtually become people's friend that follow you uh yeah i, I mean and that's that's just a snippet of my advice as, as far as 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 uh you know social media posting goes um but um if you're an artist starting off and you don't have that traction yet you don't have uh followers and engagement um mm-hmm. uh one second Rob's palace Okay, I don't know. Some question came up. Just give me a second. Yeah. Uh, the f- figuring out a way to build that presence. Um, you know, there's different things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Some artists tour for 200 days a year. That's an option. But right now, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things that you can do, and uh, a lot of it is is really uh, comes down to to media. So how to get more people flowing to the channels that you communicate with, yeah. uh, whether that's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or email lists. And I think everyone should be doing all of the above anyway mm-hmm. and use some program like Hootsuite to manage your stuff. Um, but, you know, you want to you get radio playing your stuff. You want to get, um, get the streaming channels playing your stuff. You want to get on YouTube playlists and you want to get on Spotify playlists to get yeah. fans flowing to your channels. Um, you want print and online coverage. Now you can go and research and buy lists and do that yourself, or you could work with people that specialize in that. You know, there's a handful of good radio trackers and publicists mm-hmm. in Canada that yeah. you could reach out to. And just like any business, start building a team. Try out different people. You know, see who's effective. Ask people if they know somebody. Ask them if they know a good tracker or a publicist or someone that can help you help you release your music. Uh, mm-hmm. Like any other product, you, you need a marketing strategy behind it. So yeah, sure. if you can get influential media talking about you, and um, that's a big selling point with yeah, and, that, and that can and that can lead to viral growth. Um, mm-hmm. Then then that's great. Um, so you know, you need to explore those channels, not keep doing the same thing, not just record music and feel like, oh yeah, it's great. I mean, every artist feels that their new recordings are great. And yeah. and, it, and it is a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but um, try something new, try a new strategy. You know, there's, there's artists, even just, you know, provincially, you know, that will work with the radio tracker and, you know, do well on radio and, uh, you know, and uh, have a presence in their, in their market. You know, uh, and if that works, then what they can do is they can apply the same strategy in another market. You know, you don't necessarily have to go international in your campaigns. You could go national. You know, you could do Mm -hmm. Canadian PR, build your presence in your own country. You know, if you do well, if you start having some independent traction, you can even look into some factor grants or Heritage Canada money 
Um, you know, it's kind of like these bursaries for musicians. But again, they want to see that, you know, you have your, uh, you know, other people talking about your music and you have, you know, you're in publications that you're actually, you know, you have a plan and you have a team in place as well. Yeah. They, you know, they, they want to see that, you know, you've had some sort of independent success. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that's what it is. And, And again, you know, um, you know, if anyone wants to, you know, reach out to you directly and get in touch with me and we can get a conversation going about maybe some specific resources or some specific yep. people that they can work with for their releases. Um, I'd be happy to direct them to some of the right people. But if you ask me, Hey, can you send my stuff to, you know, a big booking agencies, we need a booking agent. Yeah. I could send it to a senior booking agent at pocket artist management or the agency group or the Feldman group. And then the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go on your social media platforms. And even if you have, you know, a hundred thousand followers, they're going to go and see if the engagement is in sync with that. When you post something, mm-hmm. how many likes and comments People do you care. have? And they'll be able to tell right away if you have a serious online presence and a, and a fan base or not. Yeah. For so sure. In the end of the day, they have the rent to pay their business they need to work with artists that have a following so that they can convince promoters to, to, to give them money, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it has to be realistic. It's about the music, but it's also about, you know, wh- where, you know, uh, where things are at in terms of, uh, you know, awareness of, of your product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure. We have a question here from uh, Martino. He wants to know, uh, thanks for the webinar. He says, super helpful. I've been wondering how to go beyond just singing in the shower. <laughs> I tend to think it's more about the marketing than the music. And then what's your recommendation? <laughs> is, that, is that Martino de Ciccio or something? Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell him to stick to, uh, stick to his day job. Tell him that. <laughs> it's a friend of mine. I think he's joking around. <laughs> tell, him, tell him to stick to, uh, to uh, making homemade pasta and trading gold online. <laughs> tell, him to, tell him to stay in the shower. <laughs> sing there. But he did he did have a good question regarding um you know is marketing more important than you know the music? Marketing more important than the music. Um it's uh no it's not more important. The music has to be good enough. Mm-hmm. But you know essentially um it needs to be uh it needs to be um uh it needs to be competitive enough uh you know for it yeah. to have a chance for it to potentially go somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And in terms of, um, you know, everything that's been happening um, with the virus and all that, um, what do you think is the direction that the industry is moving forward? Like, what do you think is going to happen in the yeah, next, let's a good say, question. year um, or so? I think that in countries that have it under control, they're, they're you know, they're going to open up again and they're going to have concerts. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think where it's going is they're going to have, um, they're going to have, uh, you know, uh, limited capacity events and, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, slowly it's going to grow back into slowly open up again. But too. I think really for it to get back, you know, where it was, where you can mm-hmm. actually have the uh, Oceaga stuff. Um, I think, I think it might take a year, but I think that it will mm-hmm. um, slowly, there's going to be, um, you know, other options, there's going to be smaller uh, events and, We'll just grow for theirs, you know, uh, I mean, you know, unless they come up, come out with a vaccine uh, Mm -hmm. sooner, 
then uh, you know, then that's good. So, so it, it it'll recover, but mm -hmm. you know, it's it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen slowly, and you know, in the meantime. And in terms of your events, how do you think you'll be able to um, kind of adapt or change to in response to this to still be able to uh, to either do events or you know do smaller events as like you said trying to control the capacity so that it's you know you can keep the two meter distance what what is your plan you know since you you've still been doing quite a bit of um events pretty much everywhere yeah i mean you know um the trends are out there you know there's there's uh, some people are looking at you know drive-in events uh, i i yeah. don't think that's realistic for me but i think um limited capacity combined with live streaming events is mm -hmm. is probably uh something that's realistic where you can have a certain amount of people that are at the venue mm -hmm. and if venue prices don't go down you know the uh, you know well, prices might go up to cover costs but there will be a streaming option for people that uh, mm -hmm. you know can't you know can't come because maybe the venue is at at, at capacity. capacity so i think yeah. i think people need to try to maybe, you know, work with the government and have initiatives to, um, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, make these things happen, uh, try to get these permissions, you know? Yeah. And we know that Soka now is going to be paying artists for, uh, for live streams. That's good. So uh, that's yeah. an incentive for them to be able to, uh, to do the live streams. I guess like one of the main challenges would be more uh, the technology side of it. Uh, you know, we already have, there's already enough technical issues when you're trying to put together like a, like a show, like a normal show. Here <laughs> it's just more about, you know, being able to, uh, to get it to work, I guess. Well, I think technology is going to kick in. You know, there's, you know, people are talking about, you know, you know virtual reality concerts, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. something to bring you as, as close as possible to the real thing yep um if if we see that you know the issue is going to continue i think i think people are going to come up with uh, more and more creative solutions you know yeah for sure for sure and do you have any uh, last advice for artists that are kind of you know find themselves struggling right now or any aspiring uh, professionals like um music business students some of them uh watching these sometimes that you know want to work in the music industry um do you have any uh, final advice for them there's a lot of positions in the music industry that mm -hmm. aren't just you know you know a and r positions and stuff mm -hmm. like that and we were talking before about you know companies like stingray they're in the music yeah. business they're in licensing um you know um basically um you know, my advice is, is, you know, explore the different options and don't just think mm -hmm. that a job in the music industry is with, you know, Universal or Sony Music, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're a producer, you know, in a lot of, a lot of positions in the industry, you don't have to wait around. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you're, if you want to, if you want to record and produce music, you don't have to work for a studio that's becoming more seldom anyway. Mm -hmm. Record from home, just have friends come over and record. Uh, you know, build your brand, uh, yeah. buy more equipment, and then, you know, eventually rent the space and open up and work for yourself and have that kind of freedom. Um, you know, uh, when there's concerts, again, there's, there, there's tech positions. Um, you know, there's, there's also, you know, you may, if you have enough knowledge and experience, uh, there's people who are grant writers, uh, you know, uh, people get paid to be grant writers, there's entertainment lawyers, uh, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's there's still a lot of channels so i think the first thing that needs to be done is if people need to figure out exactly what they want 
and then mm -hmm. assess, you know, uh, you know, what's going on in that space. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, it's a pretty broad question. I mean, I think it depends what they want to do. And mm -hmm. then if, you know, anyone tells me what they want to do, I can give them my opinion about that, mm. that market, about that space, you know? Yeah. So you can, you can try to work for someone, but you can also be self-employed, you know, mm -hmm. there's for advantages sure. to that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, Arthur, thank you so much for sharing that. No problem. Everyone who's been watching, uh, thanks again to the musicbusinessschool.com for sponsoring the event. Uh, we're also doing a music industry event on June 6th called Rise, and it's free as well. And I'll, I'll drop the comments in the, um, the link in the comments. And again, if you have, if anyone has any questions about music promo or needs any, you know, advice from uh, Arthur here, you know, just let us know, uh, write us in the comments, or if you have any other questions, uh, let us know as well. And, uh, and Arthur will be, uh, we can uh, address those, uh, those questions. All right. Nice chatting. All right. Thank right. you. Have Thanks everyone day. for watching. Take no care. Bye. Bye.